may be boring, but his guests aren't. It's Al's Boring Podcast. Oh, hi there. Al Dukes here, and my guest today on the podcast is Jill Nicolini. Hi, Jill. Hello, Al. And Jill, you are an entertainment reporter with CBS2 here in New York City. That is correct. And I've uh, I've known you for a number of years. Yeah. You used to come to Boomer and Carton years ago, and I honestly don't remember what you were coming here and doing what exactly? Well, I was on the Pix 11 morning show in that New York. It. And so we did a live broadcast. So we were back at the old Astoria studios and we would sit down with the guys and chat it up and do these live broadcasts, which it was nothing about sports. It became a day of being on the air with them. And then there was a lot of banter back and forth with yes. some of the anchors at the studio. We, oh, right. we talked about plastic surgery. I insulted uh, one of my coworkers about oh, plastic yes. surgery. I do recall that. Yeah. What was that again? Um, it was, uh, uh, lips. We were talking about fillers and injections. Lip fillers. I think your carton was like, I saw you. You look like you had duck lips. I'm like, yes. Yes, that was me. My friend, I let him put like filler in my lips and yes. it looked like this. Never did it again. And I kind of outed my girlfriend. Maybe I shouldn't mention her name on air. How again. do you get that all out of your lips once you put that in your lips. Oh, that, that just goes away within like three months. It's like yeah. a swelling type thing. Yeah, I forgot what it's even called. I don't know. But, but you have I it would... for three months. If you try oh. uh, the duck lip thing, it, you have that locked in then for a three-month situation. Yeah, you should give it a try. I can't Let do me see. Your, I'm trying to look at your lips. No, you can use a little. I have no, thin no. lip up top. <laughs> I'd like a little fuller lip. So you're a Long Island person, right? Yeah, born and raised out in Suffolk County in a little town called Farmingville. Farmingville. Uh-huh. And I lived on a farm. We had lots of cows and tractors. And I'm just joking, but people oh. hear Farmingville. Yes. They think automatically it's some big little country farm, but it's not. Uh, small population. Um, love it out there, even though people might say I'm white trash, but that's what happens. That's when what from, people say uh, about Long Island, Long, all of Long Island. Long Island. When you're from Suffolk County, you automatically become like white trash. Yes. Nassau County is a little more prestigious, so they say. Yeah, Boomer always says there's a difference between a part of Long Island that has in-ground pools. Yes. And then the above-ground pool. <laughs> hey, I had, an, I had an in-ground pool in Oh, you did? Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was lucky. Bougie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you were a little kid, did you want to be on television or the radio or all and all those things? Yeah. When Since I was little, I used to sit with my mini recorder, and I would imitate what was going on. It was 106.1 WBLI radio, and I would pretend I was the announcer and broadcaster, and I would actually... I still have them. Cassette tapes of me pretending to be an on-air host and then doing commercial spots. And then I actually have a videotape when I was 14. I would pretend to be Cora and Mahalik. Remember her? No, I don't, I don't know. I never got those Long Island radio right. stations. No, no, Cara Ann, she was a newscaster. Oh, and newscaster. I don't know if she was on like ABC or NBC at the time or Fox. I was a big NBC but, guy. I don't okay. remember her. But I used to imitate her and I have videotapes of it. And um, yeah, I just always wanted to be in this business. I like talking to people. I didn't know if I wanted to go the acting route, which I tried and the modeling, which I started early. It's all similar field. And then... The radio is just like I was obsessed with listening to the radio and I got my first like real job, I would say, in radio at WBLI. WBLI. That's not the first. And what was the what was BLI doing in those days? What was there when you were listening to them when you were a kid? Oh, it was just like oh back then it was like our it was Billy Joel. It was our pop of the time, I guess. That's like the eighties and yes. like nineties. Um so it's still I think it's like the hits of today. What would you call that? 
I would say like, like the, top, the 40. top 40. It was the top 40 back then, yeah. But top 40 back then was more rock yeah, yeah. than whatever this is, mm-hmm. Justin Bieber stuff. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, so then what do you do when you're in high school to try to do this for a living? Okay, well, I started, I'm going to just backtrack one sec, when I was 12. I loved music. I was a dancer. I used to teach dance. So I got a job working at a DJ company, and I became a dancer. We did, like, yeah, the weddings, the bar bought mitzvahs, and all that fun stuff. So and your then job I, was just dancing for dancing, the DJ? Yes, and then I worked with another company. We traveled around the country and actually a few different locations. Um, for ADP, we did corporate events and parties. So I was always in that entertainment-type business, but I'm like, where is this going to go? So I figured I got to be smart, do the right thing, and use my brain. So I wanted to become a doctor. That was it. I said, I'm going to become a doctor, but this whole entertainment, radio, TV fascinated me to the point where at 16, I got my license. I would start auditioning in the city for acting jobs and, you know, back and forth. It it didn't work out. I had little small roles here and there, but I said, I got to use my brain. I got to go to college. So I went for communications and I got a master's uh, from New York Institute of Technology. But I started working in radio when I was in college, Stony Brook University, wanted to be a doctor, but the radio bug caught me. And it was from there they needed someone to work in promotions. I mean, pretty cool getting paid to hand out T-shirts at a club or a bar and a free drink or two or three. It was a pretty cool job. And that's kind of where I started out. I, I credit Bill Terry, who was our um, was the program director at the time or just promotions director. He's had so many titles. But if it wasn't for Bill hiring me to work in promotions, I never would have got my big break on air. And like, you know, anyone in this business, you you have to start in that low position, whether it's an internship or a position like that. And the next thing you know, they're using you for commercials. They're using you for spots. And hey, wait, you want to become part of the morning show? And that's kind of how it all happened. So you hang around until someone starts asking you to do more stuff. It's true. Yeah, You hang around and you go above and beyond. You you get their coffee. You run scripts. You do whatever it takes. Yeah, yeah, you have to. And then how do they get you to start doing stuff with the morning? Um, that started only like a year, a year later. It's a just, year in. You become friends with everyone at the station and they, you know, you're working with them on the weekends, doing promotions. And next thing you know, can you do this for us? Can you do that? And it just worked out. It just kind of glid in and I started doing like, um, entertainment stuff for their morning show. Um, yeah. Like the entertainment news. The entertainment news. And I was part of, um, yeah, the morning show with Steve and Maria back in the day. Are they still there, Steve and Maria? They're not still they're there. Not? They, they're, they're at different places now, but they're both still on radio. Yeah. They're still in the business. Yeah. Well, that's good. Not many people probably had the two options of doctor or radio. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> Normally we pick radio because we can't figure out anything else to well, do. It was a disappointment, I think, to my parents because it's like, oh, well, you're, you're going to be making good money as a doctor. and But then... All of a sudden, when they realized the perks that came along with working in radio, Mr. Dukes, I'm sure you yeah. know, the concerts, right. the free things, and the vacations, and all the, the stuff that you do when you work with a radio station, because there's that fine line with advertising and promotion, and hey, you're going to talk about like the latest, um, you know, the skis and sweater and, and winter gear. Well, next thing you know, hey, here's your free set of winter gear, right. and let's, let's take a little free vacation. So my parents and my family liked the perks and they thought oh it's okay now it's all right we can handle this but then the radio station kind of considers that like we're not going to really pay you very well but you get all this free stuff that's how it works yeah yeah, yeah. and then uh you were doing that full-time at, at the radio station no i was doing it part-time, part-time because i was still going to college and but that honestly oh. that job at wbli inspired me to change gears leave stony brook university 
got an associate's at Suffolk Community College in broadcasting. And then I went on to get my master's through NYIT in communication arts. So then I figured the next step from radio should be TV because I wanted to try that. Yeah, that seems easier. It, it's, it, it was. Um, it wasn't really easy, but it, I started working for the New York Islanders. I think this is where the transition came. No, Nassau I was at, Coliseum. Back at the Coliseum. No, after BLI, I, excuse me, I was a dancer. Get ready for this. Ready? For the DJ? No, for the New York Dragons, oh, the arena football that? team. Do you remember arena football? We I had do. that for a while. Yeah. I'm not sure if you ever guys got to speak about that. That no, was so quick. No, we would quick. never speak about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a real sport, so, was no, it? No, no. It can't be a real sport. <laughs> so did they play that at the Coliseum? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that league arena was... Arena ball? Arena ball, yeah. And what does a dancer do for them? Dance. It's like your sideline cheerleader, basically. And when they knew I worked in radio, then the Islanders became involved. Obviously, the Islanders, that's the home of the Islanders, that beautiful, lovely building called the Coliseum. And they said, oh, this girl could talk. Okay, all right, she has a brain. She's not just a dancer. So next thing you know, the Islanders hired me. And I was their arena announcer. I did, like, the promotional in-house reads in the stands during the periods. And it was, you know, that was it. I wasn't talking sports. It was... Did you have to get on skates? No, I wasn't on skates. Oh, yeah, because sometimes those people have to be, like, on the ice. Those are the ice girls. Oh, the yeah, ice yeah, girls. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you were doing announcements and that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. All the promotional type of reads. And so from the Islanders, I think that helped me kind of go to the next step. And I was started working for News 12 Long Island, so... And uh, what do you do out there for News 12? Um, I started working for their, like a subsidiary company called Metro Traffic and Weather that was owned by Cablevision and News 12, and I started doing traffic. So it was on-camera traffic reports for um, the local Metro Traffic and Weather channel on, like, 61 that nobody was watching. Um, but, hey, they're owned by Cablevision, owned by News 12, and then you open that door because then I can walk across the street and they need someone to start filling in there. So, where, where were traffic people getting all their traffic information back then? Now we would just go on Google Maps. Totally. Well, we did have map systems back then, believe it or not, that actually showed where there was red, like on the Long Island Expressway. And there was also, I don't know the name of the system, but... There's this whole big conglomerate, right? And and people are sitting around watching cameras throughout the five boroughs, and they're putting traffic oh, they information would, they, in. So they would look at cameras, see where the traffic like builds up, a, a big hub, a big I traffic see. hub. And they sit there, and they put everything in the system. So people like myself, other traffic reporters, were able to get their information. You know, and little- then... And then when you're doing that, are you are you doing, like, modeling stuff as well? Yeah, the modeling and acting, but, you know, that's, like... Far and few. That, yeah. yeah. Did you want to do more of that sort of thing, like for acting, or did you start to think like, well, maybe it's better that I started I, to think like reality. I and work for a company. Yeah, because like SAG, you know, out of like you know SAG, and that's my union now, SAG AFTRA, and uh, the truth of the matter is, it's like one percent of the working population in SAG are actually making over like two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Right. So I'm like, chances are slim that I'm going to make it in this business. This is a real business. I'm using my brain. Not that acting's not a real business, but I have a better shot of doing this. So I kind of gave up that pipe dream. Yeah. And I said, it's similar. It's, it's got that whole, that vibe to it. Right. And then you, you did some things along the way. Uh, you did Playboy at one yeah, point. I was, oh gosh, that's like 20 years ago. Boy, look back at those pictures. I looked good. So what, how did that come about? Now. How does that come about? Like, I always wonder, like, uh, how do you get how you get into that? Do they approach you, or or do you see something where it's like, hey, we're looking for it was, models? It was one of those acting auditions, believe it or not. The agents would call and say, hey, we have this audition today, this audition. Hey, do you want to audition for Playboy? I said, yeah. 
oh, yeah. I said, I would love to. And people are, well, why? Why why would you do that? It's where I grew up. You know, my father worked in the newspaper business and he worked with the magazines. So I was exposed to that and it was okay to have Playboy around the house. It wasn't like taboo, you know, so I felt comfortable with it and I wanted to do it. And I thought, hey, let's give it a whirl. So I did a few of their college editions. It was nothing major. And, you know, I got paid like, what, $500? Right. You know, it's, it's a job like our business where everybody wants to do it. So they'll do it for no money. Right. But everyone thinks you're getting paid millions because you're on the radio. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah they must be paying you millions. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So did that ever come back to haunt you when you went for a job or, or no? No. When it came to the job, no, absolutely not. I was able to I'm thankful for most people that wouldn't be the case. So, um, and I was open about it. I know my employers knew about it in the past. It's, and that was something I did so long ago. They, they didn't put me down for it. In most cases, I think a lot of people would think, Hey, well, what's wrong with that girl? Why is she posing nude? And now she wants to. So it's, I was very smart, intelligent, had, you know, my head on my shoulders, but to me, I was wanted to do it at the time. I don't regret that I did it now today, but I wouldn't recommend like, okay, tell my daughter to do that because chances are that would affect their job. It affected um, when I won the Miss Long Island pageant. I was in for Miss America. I did some pageants. And did you want to be Miss America when you were a kid? Um, no, I didn't want to be Miss America, maybe Miss USA, two different pageant What's the systems. Difference? The difference is, okay, Miss America, I'm going to tell you my, this is my own. See that? Miss America seems like Miss that's America, I, I would like to say one. has, it's the all around package. She has the brains, the beauty and the talent. So you have to go into Miss America with a platform. So you have to be working and volunteering for a charitable organization. You have to have a talent, whether it's singing, dancing, playing the violin. When it comes to Miss USA, it's kind of like, yeah, who's the hottest? Right. You know, they, they want the girl who has the beauty. And most of them go to college, and, but they don't have to work with a charity. And they don't have to have a talent. Right. So Miss America is more of the overall um, type of girl next door. And when I you know, went there for the pageant and I won the title. My director knew I was in Playboy. He didn't have a problem with it. But when the directors found out, they said, oh, wait, no, hold on. There's a morality clause in your contract. And I said, okay, so I don't think I'm immoral because I posed in Playboy. There's nothing that says you couldn't. Oh, they changed that afterwards. So I just said, here, take your crown back. You don't believe in me. I don't believe in the system. It was great while it lasted. And which crown was that? That was from Miss Long Island. Miss Long Miss America. Miss Long Island. So then someone else had to get got the crown after you. They they Yeah, the yeah, runner up. The runner up mm-hmm. became Miss Long Island. Yes. So and then that was back when before the internet was really what the internet is now. Oh yeah. Um but now like everything just lives forever on the internet. It that's does. the weird that's the that's the thing that's kinda you know, so whatever people have done in the past is like always there. That's why I keep hearing those commercials on the radio station about that. Do you want to clean up your image? On the internet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like you can call clear this stuff off the internet? And you can get stuff off. I mean, I have nothing that I want to get off. It right. is what it is. But it's, yeah. But yeah, I keep hearing those commercials on the radio stations. Clear the internet. Mm-hmm. That can't possibly work. Yeah, you pay some company who swears they can get stuff down. Or if there's someone wrote a bad blog about you, or you, I don't know what they do. But I guess it's all about if you have the money. Really? Pay someone off to get take everything cleared down. out. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I got I, Google Al Dukes later. Yeah, by the way. 
I have some things not great on there. Radio, <laughs> wacky radio bits that I would like cleared off of the internet. Um, and then you did a reality show back when reality shows were, were kind of in their infancy stages. Yeah, it was 2003. 2003, Married by America. Yep, it was on Fox. This was pre-Bachelor. Pre-Bachelor, yeah. I think it was right around, I think, Joe Millionaire was, yes. was the same Average time. Joe. Average Joe. Is that was what it was? Average Joe? Oh, and then there was the, the one on the island with all the girls and, and the guys living in fantasy, whatever it was called. But yeah, Married by America. What was the one, the other one? This this uh, one you want on. The, Paradise the, Island. The Joe one. That was where the girls thought he was a, a regular. No, he, no they he, thought he was a millionaire. And he wasn't. And he was just a regular guy. Yeah, like a contractor and then from they were, like Nevada. Yeah. And then they were angry with him because he was not the millionaire he said. They felt duped. Right. But then they could always go with the excuse of not that I don't love you because you're not a millionaire, but because you lied to me. Yeah. That's yeah. a great way out. But you know they wanted the money. <laughs> they wanted Joe Millionaire. He was a good looking guy, if he I remember, right? Have you seen what he looks like now? No, Joe Millionaire? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He didn't Not look good a while ago. No. You know, it happens to all of us. We gain weight, get old, get ugly. So, <laughs> Married by America. Yes. This was a theory where, this was a show where they were going to set you up with uh, another person that you've never met. Ted Hames, executive producer's thought was, hey, most marriages around the world are arranged marriages. Set up. So why can't it work here in the U.S., right? Well, yeah. So he had five people. I was one of the five. And the, <laughs> the funny part was we had five other people chosen for us to be compatible with us. And in order to do that, we had to bring our family or friends to kind of vote and narrow down the guys. So it got down to like the two for me, for example. And then I had my mother, my father, who are great experts in my relationships, not. Um, and my girlfriend who worked at the Islanders came out to Los Angeles and they narrowed it down. And then America called like an 800 number and was like, well, we think they this guy's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was so cheesy. So when, you, when you're going to go do that, do you tell your parents, hey, I'm going to do this? And you think this will be good. I'll get on TV and, and uh, it's good for publicity. Every interview I did, Entertainment Tonight, Extra, I yeah. said, look, I said, this was an acting audition I went on for a reality show. I said, look, I'm looking to find love. I want to find love. But I've always said the chances of me finding love is highly unlikely on a show like this. But hey, I'm going to do it just right. like anyone else would. And then my agent was worried. He's like, this this could ruin your career. This could be bad for you, Jill. And he he that's he told me outright. Came back. He said I was wrong. He's like, you were portrayed exactly who you were. You handled yourself beautifully, and it really didn't affect my career. Did it go? Well, how many uh, episodes would they do for that? We, thing? You know what was going on? We were in the war, so people were watching CNN. It's 2003. No one was watching us. It was prime time on Fox. They ended up putting us on Mondays and Wednesdays. We were like quarantined for like. Three months, I think, out there living in uh, Carmel. It was beautiful up there. And basically, you, you get along with your partner for the week and you meet with a psychologist, a few therapists, and they kind of see who's having problems. And then you get voted off. It's like the least compatible couple, this panel of therapists and yeah. psychologists, they vote off, you know, the couple. And then after it must have been like two or three months. Um, yeah, it was it was time to go. I mean, I technically made it to the end. You won. I won the show. Except I won nothing. With the guy. Who was the guy? What was his name? Kevin. Kevin was my fiance. Kevin was a nice guy. Did he ask you to marry him on the show? Yes. Oh, yeah. He had he to. Did. It was kind of like, I, before I met him, Yeah. you're going to love this. I stuck my hand through a hole. I didn't get to see him. He put a ring on my finger and then 
bam, the, the window comes up and there's your fiance. And oh, it's that's like, the first time you're yeah, meeting Yeah, nice to him. meet you. We're engaged. Oh. Now go live together and let's see how you're going to do. Now, would you count that a couple years later when people would say to you, have you ever been engaged? Would you say yes to uh, Kevin who was on the television? <laughs> no, <laughs> Or you no, wouldn't no, count no. that? No, I don't count that. No, don't. So later on uh, when you go on dates and... That would usually be a standard question for me. I'd go, oh, you ever been engaged or well, married? Well, technically I was. And would you say that or would you hide that? I had a for a marriage license out in, in Carmel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So technically, but really, no. You weren't really. But nah. would you, and would you try to hide that stuff uh, when you would go on dates later on? No, a lot, years of, later? A lot of people actually knew of my father from the show because my dad, this Italian hothead, and, he, you know, we had my TV fiance's family come out to meet us. Sweet Southern family, and uh, my dad, loud, Italian, obnoxious, curses a lot, you know, had this man at his house. My dad was cursing this man out, saying, you know, don't you talk to my sweetie that way, my Jill Marie, don't call her sweetie. So my dad became like this figure, and people still come up to him at the supermarket and say, oh my gosh, you're the guy from Mary by America. You were going to blow the roof off this joint. My dad doesn't even own own a gun. And he was for real, though, or he was acting also? No, my dad's crazy. He was for real. He was for real. Oh yeah, he didn't like him, because the guy that they paired me up with was 35 at the time, had no job, no career. He used to play in, like, the triple A's for some oh, team. Oh, baseball guy. Yeah, but he really wasn't, so. Now, do you watch The Bachelor and Bachelorette? It's funny you said these that. These days? I just started getting into the last season a little bit, but I don't have time anymore to watch it. But, I mean, it, it's amazing, right, how the ratings are so good? Yeah. And, and it's still going and going, and reality TV hasn't died yet. I'm waiting. I, I mean, think it works better as The Bachelor, because the, when the girls... I think it works better with a house full of girls that try to one up each other or try to um, they're competing against each other because it seems they don't they don't really like the guy. Yeah, they don't want to lose to another girl. Oh yeah, it becomes a big cat fight. Yeah, and that seems better to me than like a group of dudes. Yeah, in a I, house. I, you know, I wonder are the ratings better when I don't know. It's I, the household of I'm females? I'm sure it's the same. Otherwise, they would just have changed it completely All to the, yeah to the to the thing. Would you have done that sort of show? Oh, The Bachelor? Yeah. Or, uh, been there, done that. I mean, it was fun to do at the time, and yeah. it was great. And I, I won the show, but I said no at the altar. So I didn't get married. And then I didn't win the, the half a million dollar house. I didn't win the money to win the cars, but it was worth it. <laughs> if I had to be engaged to that man who I yes. really didn't like, you know, it, so it was fun while it lasted, um, but I don't think I would do it again. So when you get done with that show and it's done taping, do you are you, are you working anywhere at yeah, that time? I was with the New York Islanders still. And I went back to them for a little while, but then that's when I started working with the Metro Traffic and Weather and News 12 Long Island. Yeah. And then how long do you get to do that for on Long Island? I did that for maybe like two years. And then I was lucky enough, usually in my business as a reporter, you have to move out of state. You move to a small little city and, you know, and you just suck it up and you, you make a little bit of money and you know but i was lucky that i went right to new york city like the number one market in the country and you went to channel 11 Channel 11 that's when i started doing the traffic and i did traffic for this station and i flew in a helicopter and to this day no one remembers anything else they just think i'm the traffic girl and i flew in a helicopter with these headphones like we have yeah. on now and they still remember that over anything else i've done it doesn't matter so you would go in the helicopter <laughs> every day oh yeah i would drive from eastern long island out to teterboro airport you went 
went from Long Island to Jersey. Oh yeah. Oh, and then That's we moved brutal. our we moved our chopper down to Linden Airport. So I was it was like a two hour commute. Um, wow. No traffic though, so I love driving at three in the oh, morning. Oh, because you were like home you very do. early, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> on the way home is not such right. A on thing. the way home, it's your regular traffic. Yeah, but a floating office, no bosses. Why couldn't around. the helicopter pick you up in Long Island? Every now and then they picked me up in you know the West Thirty um, Fourth Street heliport here. Or Wall Street, if you know, I was a little late, um, and they drop me off in at Islip sometimes, every did, now and then. But the, the fee of the landing fee, you know, it's it's a little expensive. Did like, you have the same helicopter pilot every day? Yeah, yeah, Ray. So like the same guy it was you and Ray, Ray and, and Ed, a camera Ed guy. Going to get a camera guy so in the three back. Three guys, three people in this um, helicopter every day. Floating office. Mm-hmm. And do you ever worry about it just going into the water? Like, didn't it, does that happen every now um, Yeah, a few they of them do, have, right? unfortunately. But no, flying, they still say, is safer than driving Yeah, but you think they're checking those helicopters every day? Yeah, that, you have to do a pre-flight check before you, you get in. Any, come on, But any you know, airplane. once people, once it becomes routine, they're like, ah, yeah, it's true. No, you the still, oil's fine, No, sure. by law, you walk around, you have to drain right it. Like, water. I used to take flying lessons. I have 65 hours. I've sold it in a little Cessna 172. So you have to. It's like, it's. Come on, it's like FAA regulation. You can sit there with your checklist. Maybe like the, the more experienced people don't use the checklist, but you'd have to, you know, drain the fuel, check it, make sure it's blue, smell it. Is there any, you know, um, dirt in it? You got to look for sediment. And there's a whole thing you have to do, turn oil gauges on, off. So it's, you know, you have to be but, safe when you fly. But isn't the traffic the same every day, Monday through Friday? Basically, I can close my eyes and do a traffic right. report and tell you what's what. And it's probably very accurate. Yeah. It's the same concept like meteorologists, right? They tell you the weather. But do yes. you really know the weather? You think it's going to be 80, right. and then all of a sudden it's snowing. So and anything's possible. There's variables. but So did you ever figure out, one thing I always wanted to know as a trap, someone who sits in traffic, and then you know how like you would be sitting in traffic for an hour, and then all of a sudden it just goes? Uh-huh. You could see that from the helicopter. So what is causing the traffic? Rubberneckers, honestly. Yeah. You have an incident. But everyone wants to slow down and look at it. If you but, could just not look, it, it would be so much easier. Or can't you look? I can look going 70. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have to slow down to look. Nope. So that's what it is, rubbernecking. Rubberneckers. And trucks, I think. Yeah, trucks too. But the rubberneckers really do you in in both directions. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was nice to float in an office and laugh at everybody driving in traffic because I, I hate traffic. I hate sitting in traffic. I like reporting on it. Don't yeah, get me wrong. Yeah, you're flying above oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. It's Al's Boring Podcast. When you worked over there at the Channel 11 with the Linda Chase, right? Linda Church. Linda Church. Yes. Linda Chase. Linda Church. Did you girls all get along over there? Oh, absolutely. Linda and I were we like... We seemed competitive like you guys... Uh, no, we didn't. You know what? You you were too busy working. You didn't get to watch enough. Well, we Linda watched, and I, but we had the volume off. God, well, we used to be at like backyard barbecues, right? We'd right. be out um, in people's hot tubs. I mean, talk about a fun morning show. Um, we're out there. We were, you know, on boats. We were, really brought the viewer in in a different way. It wasn't like a hard news station. I mean, they are news. That's the biggest, you know, thing that we did. But there was a very, very light side to uh, Pix11. And that, I think, is what drew those viewers in. It was, you know, we had Larry Hoff, fun people out in the field doing fun stunts, climbing buildings. Um, So 
we all got along. Sukanya Krishnan, if you remember her, she's still on that morning show. She's awesome. So, so they're, they're still doing a morning show over there? Yeah, most of them. Not all, but most, there's, yeah. So what happened to your spot over there? Oh, I, I went from traffic inside, then did entertainment. I also used to do weather for Linda Church. I filled in for her. I used to fill in an anchor. And then I was there for eight years. Oh, yeah. you were? Yeah, eight years. And then I got another job opportunity, so I had to leave and, and try that out for a while. And that was Channel 2? That was, no, Fox. Oh, Fox. Fox 5. I went there to do entertainment full-time. So is that's a, that's a bigger move going from Channel 11 to Fox 5. Yeah, Fox 5 still local. But, yeah. Um, yeah, that was good. We were doing mornings and entertainment reports. So... And who was hosting that morning show? Was that that uh, was Greg and Rosanna? Oh yeah, Greg. Yeah, still, yeah. They're still there. They're too. still there. Yeah. And everything was good there. You got along with with uh, those great. folks. It was great. I worked uh, the morning show for a year, and I love the mornings. You know, I love getting up early. That energy, that fun live um, sense of it's it makes you happy. Then my hours moved though. The second year I was there, I moved to like a two to like eleven p.m. shift. That was rough because I'm driving in traffic. And the whole day as, shot. It wasn't as fun as the morning show. Yeah. Yeah, Fox was fun, but yeah, the mornings were better. And then how do you get the CBS job? Well, CBS actually had a show um, owned by our sister station. Oh, The Couch. L&Y, yeah. The Couch. Yeah, where was entertainment the, show. But where, yeah, it was on that, I don't know where that station was though, right? Okay, basically, that was the hard if thing. you were watching Channel 2, our, our uh, newscast would end at 7 a.m. And at 7 a.m. in the same studio, they'd flip the cameras around, bring out a couch. Next thing you know, it's this little entertainment show, which is part of CBS, but it aired on the sister station, WLMY TV 55. And that was great. Do people know where that channel is though? to see it no well some people do but it's not as big as our you know our two four yeah. seven here in new york so um it that was the problem it only lasted about two years even though we had these great guests and big celebrities and we did it was a fun feature cooking type thing we we did everything on that show it died out because in the end who was really watching you're competing at that time with you know the Kelly and Michaels and all that. So it's kind of right, hard. Right, the big shows. The big shows. And so. you're on a channel that's not easy to find. Exactly. You're not yeah. going to skip by it. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then, then did you... I feel like I was following you on Instagram, and there was always these mysteries of you, like, at a hospital. Dun, 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 dun. Right? But you would never say what was going on. See? It worked. That's yeah, but a it great was, hook. Yeah, in some ways. But in other ways, people were concerned for you. Oh, and some people were pissed off. Well, what is she and doing in hospitals? Were, right. What's wrong? Is it her stomach? Because I always had like major stomach problems and I've been to lots of gastroenterologists around the country. So Right. So you worried people. No, I did. I did. But I didn't really worry them. And then you ended up, it was because you were having a baby. Yes. I was going through a lot trying to have a baby and it was all about going to IVF doctors. So the in vitro? I, yeah. I had to do in vitro. I couldn't get pregnant naturally. So that's what ended up happening. And so I was always at the doctor. So I figured, I'll have fun with this. A little mystery a little mystery on the scale gaining weight what's i know but then when people would write to you concerned did i you... always wrote i'm fine don't oh, you did. oh yes I, yeah i wasn't acting like i was very sick yeah and then um when do you reveal that you're having a baby <laughs> i waited you're, you'll you'll love this i was on the morning show now at cbs doing traffic for them okay so the couch ended and then ended up back at the local station doing the traffic i didn't tell anyone until i was about Six months pregnant. I didn't want to tell anyone until I was showing. And I was just thankful I wore enough Spanx. And the doctor said it was safe. So I really didn't have a baby bump for a long time. Because you pushed it in? I just sucked it in. 
He was small. He was tiny. Oh, I see. I was lucky. Sometimes you pop right away, I guess. That was my first pregnancy, so what do I know? But I didn't show, so I didn't have to tell anyone. And you wanted to to wait until you felt like you weren't going to jinx anything. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, technically, you're supposed to wait three months. But that's still too early, I think. Anything can happen. Three months in? You don't know, yeah. So I didn't want people to know, and then you lose it, and then you have to explain, and then people feel bad for you, and then you're going to cry. And it's just... I kept it as private as possible until yeah. the news came out. I see. Yeah. So uh, had you been uh, wanting to have a baby for a long time or or was it like? Yeah. I mean, I think since like uh, I was a little girl yeah. pushing around that little cart, the little doll. Uh, yeah. I have that innate motherly nurturing. Sure. And you know, my sister had kids. My brother had kids. So it was my time, I thought. But I was scared because I was told I probably couldn't have kids. Really? Yeah. So... It was a battle, but I'm thankful I have a little boy, Austin Thomas. He's 14 months, almost 15 months now, yeah. My sister uh, had the in vitro. She ended up with twins. Really? Because can't you end up with, like, multiple babies? Yep, uh-huh. It depends how many embryos you make and how many they yeah. get back. So that's rolling the dice. You might have three babies. I know, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, now this may be a personal question. If it's it may be. Certainly don't answer. Don't worry. I'll shut you up but, if I don't um, want to talk about it. Yeah, so... There was a big mystery who the father was of the of your of your baby boy. Mm-hmm. Did you ever reveal that? No, I still you have not still revealed haven't. who the father is. Really? Yeah. And I was like, I'm trying to break news here. Yeah. This is going to be a breaking podcast. Let's get this on who breaking news. Is the daddy. <laughs> Then I, I could come on Channel 2 as like an <laughs> entertainment report, yes. and I can reveal. No, yeah. Dun, still, I still have not talked about it. Really? Who the dad is, and no, I haven't. And um, believe it or not, I, I started dating my best friend after Austin was born, and he became my boyfriend. So right. he's really Austin's dad right now. Certainly. But one day I will I will reveal who the real father is. So if you look around out there, you can look at some men and say, that kind of looks like Jill's... Oh, wait, is that, is that the father? I don't know. Well, he's a good-looking boy, that kid of yours. He's cute. Yeah. I'm thankful. I'm blessed. So he's two years old now? Yeah. Oh, no. He's 14 months. Oh, 14 months. 14, 15 months, yeah. So does he know you're on television? Yeah, believe it or not, he actually goes, Mama. Mama. He points to the screen, and yeah, if he hears my voice, he recognizes it. Yeah, I'll get uh, people will send me on Twitter pictures of small babies in front of the Boomer and Carton show on TV. Like, there's something about, I don't know if Craig's very animated or if it's these colors, (laughs) but there's something about kids and dogs like to stare at the Boomer and Carton show on TV. But I wonder, like, then they must recognize. But could it be those Muppet creatures in the corner? I mean, who, who's it, that? What is it, that? That's a Boomer and Craig Muppet. <laughs> and it could be because in the at one point we had them in the front uh, on the desk. Look so at maybe you. the kids saw Muppets. Desperate for viewers, you'll yeah, do we'll anything. Yeah, take anything. <laughs> Anybody six plus, I think that's what the ratings uh, go for now. And you had. Um, uh, I knew you for a, a, a time too. You had a very tumultuous relationship with Anthony of Obi and Anthony. Oh, this that is seemed a good to not story. that seemed not to end well. No, oh, that was great. Everybody loves talking about that. Well, it was a big. It's one. a great story. Yeah, it, was, it is great a, for radio, great for TV. Right. We used to talk about it on Channel Eleven when I worked there. Well, that's how you met him. You were going covering uh, different entertainment items. No, you know he, they would always watch us in the morning and have us on. So oh, right. Anthony secretly had a crush on me right. from what I heard. And um, we, yeah, we did a few of those type of uh, broadcasts where we went to the studio and stuff. But I really, I didn't know him. I didn't like him. I didn't think he was attractive. I thought he was funny. Well, that's the thing um, with women. Women, guys can be not attractive as long as we have good personalities. Oh, women are very forgiving. No, no. When it comes to like aesthetics and you look at yeah. somebody. Oh, no. You could be 
fat, ugly, bald, and I could love you. Yes. Because personality goes a long personality way. Personality is number one. The looks mean nothing. That's absolutely bull. It's just, it's, it's all superficial. It means nothing. So yeah, that's, Anthony was not attractive. Not an attractive but guy. But when I, when I started to date him and like fall in love with him, I really was attracted to him. Right. And he was attracted to me. You know, I was like, wow, okay. But you would never think because yeah. like, he looked like Squidward, you know? Right. And mm-hmm. did that, that last longer than we think or shorter than we imagine? That was like six months. Six months. Six months. Yeah. But it ended badly. He, he told what I would think is the truth on the radio because it didn't put him in a nice light. It wasn't yeah. like he was saying, I don't know what happened. <laughs> well, yeah, in short. so In we, short, he we, said he had cheated. We were dating, yes. and but he was like distant for a few months. Right. And he a was always months. here. He was there, but he was... But he, mysterious. It was, yeah, mysterious. So right. here I am thinking, okay, he's home sleeping. No, he was out um, um, messing around with some young Canadian fan of his. A Canadian fan. Yeah, so basically he had his house redone. Right. The whole backyard, the the pool, the fire pits. We had a big party to celebrate. My family, his family, <laughs> friends. Everyone goes to the house. It sounds right. fun, right? Yeah, it sounds like a good time. And then I'm like, why is my boyfriend in the hot tub with this chick with pink hair and like skeleton tattoos all over her body the yeah. whole time? He's not even hanging out with us. And your family's probably like, what's well, going on? Everyone. And you know, you got Sukanya from, you know, Channel 11. Oh, she was the there The whole as crew, well. they, they were all there like, nice. what's going on with this guy? Long story short, <laughs> nothing. And he, you know, he drank excessively and um, he's like, oh, everything's fine. I was so upset that I left and I came back about six in the morning to have a key, obviously, to get in. And um, there was a girl in his closet that yeah, I found. hiding in the closet. Yeah, she's like, hi. Yeah, I'm screwing your boyfriend. It's been going on for like, you know, six months. I'm like, oh, really? I'm like, well, you need to leave. Um, and she left and then I left and it wasn't, you know, he's like, I I had to put the gun away. I didn't want anything to get out of hand. So <laughs> he said you lit all of his clothes on fire. Oh, that which is, seemed hilarious. Okay, that is true. Let's that you, there was a fire pit in the backyard, and you put the clothes in there, and then you lit them on fire. I went back the next day. His best friend, who I love to pieces, uh, Keith Mareska, you know, Keith, Keith the, the cop. cop. Yes. Him and his wife, Angela. I love them. <laughs> they were still all friends. Um, How is that possible? Because they're good people. Oh, they were. They're good, they're right. good people. Different. They're not the same guy. Keith's like, look, Jill. He's a jerk. He's like, you know, go get your stuff. So I went the next day, got my cats, I got my clothes, loaded everything up to my little car. And You had before, cats there? Oh, yeah, I had two cats. All right. And uh, I get in the car to leave. Keith's coming down the block. Um, so I'm talking to Keith in the house, and I said, can you believe this? While I'm here emptying out my stuff, I found her suitcase. So she was staying there the nights I wasn't there. Her laptop, her all of her clothes were in his closet. What did I know? Because my clothes were in the other closet. It's a big house. Yeah, it was a big house. And um, then I looked at his credit card statements, and I saw hotel, hotel. He was here. So I was like, <laughs> this little, yeah. So I was even more mad. And then I told Keith, I said, I want to, let's do something. And he's like, yeah. So Keith was home. Keith is a cop. And Anthony didn't know that at the time, but Keith was there when I did all this because Keith actually took pictures and videos of me doing this. So it wasn't like I really did it, and I was right. very jealous and crazy. I was upset. Set, yes, and I was hurt, but it was funny. We made videos of it. So I took her clothes and I burned them. There was no grandfather's ashes in her suitcase. Oh, yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, she yes. kept saying she brought her grandmother's ashes. That from she Canada. travels with the grandfather yeah, ashes. And then yeah. I burned them and her passport. No, like, really? I didn't do that. Okay. Um, but this is a funny story. A year, two years later, I went back to Anthony's house because I'm friends with Keith, and it was Keith's 40th birthday. Anthony apologized to me. Um, we spent the day together. We were all laughing at his house in that fire pit. You know what I found? 
an underwire of the girl's bra that I burned. Still there. Yeah, so we took a picture with it. You, you, you got to <laughs> laugh at these things. So it was, all's good between uh, you and Anthony. Well, I don't, I don't talk to Anthony oh, don't anymore. Actually, you know what? When I, when I was pregnant, Anthony contacted me through Keith. He wanted me to go on his radio show. His podcast or the, the the one in the castle? What is it called? I don't even know. Is yeah, it a podcast? Anthony, he does a does a podcast in his house. Does anyone even listen to that? I think so. I think yeah, he actually does. Yeah, I followers. think he does. Well, they wanted me to come on the show, and because they felt like it was this monumental thing that Anthelini is over now. Like me, that was our like nickname. Your Hollywood name. Like we were over a long time ago, but yeah. like no, it's really over now. You're having a kid, and it's done. So why don't you come on the show and talk about it with Anthony? Like, because I want to talk to Anthony about my personal life now. Really? Right. So I didn't, obviously. And were you surprised when he and Opie had their big breakup, or did you see that coming? Oh, I saw it coming yeah. because, you know, when you work in radio, you know who gets along, who doesn't. Everyone listening always thinks the hosts get along, but the truth of the matter is usually any two anchors at a desk, any two radio hosts um, usually don't get along that well, but yeah. they seem that way. And that's what makes it work. But then right. they want to get the heck out of here as soon as possible. Yeah, they say uh, Mike and the Mad Dog here for many years. Right? Did what? not speak. Wait, but they're, they're reuniting. Aren't they having this yes. big thing at Radio City? Yeah, they're assume? back. They're friends again. They are? Well, they get some distance between each other. Are they really other. friends again? Yeah, but... I think they're actually friends again. You cool. know, get some number of years in between and everything seems very nice. Rumors about that. I heard Mad Dog may be coming back here. Is that true? He said it, that's not true. Huh. Boomer and Craig still get along off there, I could tell you that. They do? Yeah, hopefully that doesn't change. Good, Because otherwise I'll lose the job and I'll be screwed. Uh, then I was also Googling you before you came in here, and I see you, you went uh, overseas. Do you uh, go there to entertain the troops, or what was your, your thing going to Iraq? And Yeah, we went there two times. Back that in seems like... crazy to do. It was crazy. I mean, it's it like a nice, like... lovely thing to do, but you're going to Iraq. Yeah, when there was bombs coming in on the um, the grounds, it was like, it's serious. Uh, we went with Channel 11. It was a goodwill mission. Myself and Marvin Scott, uh, a senior reporter over at Channel 11, he went there in the past and brought me along. And basically we went, we brought gifts, we brought Christmas presents. We bought, um, we bought them like, um, abroad, I should say, um, food from New York. We did a little party. We brought them satellite live interviews with their family. They were able to talk and communicate. So we kind of brought a little bit of Christmas to them. And we spent two weeks there, uh, two years in a row for the holidays. And, you know, we did the live broadcast on the morning show and the night show. And the, it was just so inspirational and to see what our men and women do over there and here we are you know celebrating our holidays and they're away from their families they don't have right. families and so that's one of the highlights of my life going overseas as scary as it was um you know we had an incident there was we were at camp prosperity i think and um one of saddam's <laughs> i was at saddam hussein's palace um it was camp prosperity bomb came over the wall the alarms start going off there's chaos and you're stuck in your little bunk, and it's like, what do you do? You Where know? do you sleep? We, we had these little houses that they, we, we slept in tents, in uh -oh. Tent City for a little while, and then they had little, like, wooden houses for and us. What's the bathroom situation? Bathroom is very far away. So basically, you, you pee in a cup or you pee in a bag. If really? you're a guy, you go outside. But, as, yeah, you, you got you to gotta rough it. You got to rough it. I would agree to go over if I could have a nice bathroom. Yeah, well, look, it was ice cold in the middle of the night. You don't want to walk a mile to go to the bathroom. Right. So you have to suck it up and just deal with it. And um, I would guess that the, the, the troops don't get a lot of women over there, where you see where guys eyeballing you up and down. Yeah. It had to be, right? Yeah, it's it's just like the new movie. <laughs> Wait, did you see it? Yeah, with Tina Fey. No. Uh, whiskey. Foxtrot um, uh, or uh -huh, yeah, Whiskey. Hotel Foxtrot. Wait, hotel, what is it? 
Wixie. Oh yeah, WTF, Tango Fox. Tango, Tango Fox. Whiskey Tango Fox trot. Yes, and she's a, she goes overseas with Margot Robbie, and there she like she says to uh, Tina Fey, "In the United States, you're like a six. Here, you're like an 11. <laughs> you know, it's it's true. It's like they don't get to see. Yeah, right. So I had they were they were very kind to me. You know, yeah. let's just say very accommodating. Anything I wanted. You want to sit up here and then um, you want to sit with us and co-pilot? Sure. Uh, you know, they were very kind. Now, uh, with your job now with CBS as entertainment reporter, do you pick the different things that you do, or does some? Do you have like an assignment editor, or can you suggest no. things? Yeah, well, that, that's part of my job. I, I come in in the morning and I already prep, do my prep work ahead of time, and I have a suggestion of the hottest, the biggest entertainment stories of the day. So I send an email to some of the producers. Then we have a nine o'clock meeting and. Every reporter comes in and pitches their stories. And some days they like your story. Some day they don't want to do it and they have something else for you. Or, you know, we wait around to a bigger story develops. So I have a little bit of say. But when I, you know, get the, the assignment, it's all me. You got to start making your calls, get your interviews yeah. and get your people and try to have this all turned around before like four o'clock. You know, we go on air at five. So it's. It could be stressful at times, but um, but it's fun. I, I like what I do. And you uh, spend time in Nashville sometimes. So if someone's going to Nashville for a weekend, can you go there for? A, can you see Nashville in a long weekend? If I gotta go on a Friday, Saturday, back Sunday, absolutely, I'm good. Absolutely, because you're going to stay downtown. You'll stay like on Broadway, where all the little uh, you got Tootsie's, you got uh, the stage, you got all those iconic the Ryman Auditorium. That that whole tourist thing that you want to see, it, yes, you, you stay downtown in the heart of Nashville. You'll be able to see it in one night. And there's the live music at the bars. Yeah, like and- what are we saying? Just country bands in bars yeah you walk to one it's kind of like a mardi gras you walk to from one bar to the next to the next but you got the the gaylord um opryland hotel down there and then of course you can if you want to go down there and watch the predators i doubt it but if you're a hockey fan al you could do that right in town no, i want country i'm a country music fan well there's i want country you should go in uh june it comes up it's the country it used to be the cma festival they used to call it now it's like cma fanfare it used to be well in June, there's concerts everywhere on the street um, at different concert venues, and it's like a cheap price for a ticket. But with you, you'll get VIP. You'll be Is backstage. That right? Yeah, every VIP? artist down there, v- VIP Al Dukes. And do you have any famous friends? Mm-hmm. You do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nashville type famous friends? Yeah, like like Kenny Chesney's my Nashville. Oh, I type. love Kenny Chesney. Do you? Yeah. Is his music great? Great. Yeah, Kenny Chesney. He plays at MetLife is... Stadium every year. Yeah, we and were people there. Can't, we... People can't figure out how, like, the people around here can't imagine that he would that a country artist would sell out a stadium and then i wonder why do we not have a country station i know we got one way out in long island that don't count no no no, not true we have 94.7 which uh started nash fm started three four years ago here yeah um so we do have a new york country station finally and then we have 96.1 uh owned by um jvc media so jvc broadcasting that's out in long island but my whole problem with this is that we're in new york we're narrow-minded Country music is the number one genre of music throughout yes. the country, and everyone here frowns upon it. And I want to bring, like, country, it's like the Country Awareness Program, right? CAP, I call it. And I want to have my own country type show. And I want yeah. to bring on uh, country artists, do some type of interview. They would love like, it here. It's, we're in the number one market, and people here still think country's a little weird. But with the Carrie Underwoods, who've crossed over, Shania Twain, Lots I think, of started it. Faith Hill. And now everyone's Tim doing, McGraw. Yeah, but, and now you got, like, Stephen Tyler doing country. Right. You had Darius Rucker turn over to be a country artist. Uh, Sydney Lauper's doing something with country now. It's like everyone now wants to be country. Yeah, now they're trying cool too thing. hard. Yeah. So we need to get some type of country radio station here, maybe at CBS Radio. Yeah, I kept trying I'll to pitch CBS 
for many years. I worked at corporate for a couple of years. I kept trying to get them to switch one of these stations to country. They they were not buying it. Who's your favorite artist? I love uh, Kenny Chesney. Oh, cool. And uh, Eric Church. Eric Church is great. I love Eric Church. Jason Aldean. Yeah. Um, there's a million. Well, they have the big uh, ACM Awards coming up in Vegas. It's on CBS in two weeks. There always seems to be a country music sh- award show on CBS. Always. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I'm always yeah, yeah. locked in. <laughs> I'm in on it. Why don't you go? Eh, I don't like to leave my house. Aww. I like to stay home in New Jersey. <laughs> so that's it, Jill. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Thank you, And Al. soon we will find out more about your baby. Dun, da, da, da. <laughs> yes, we will. A little Austin Thomas. Who, yeah. Yes. I will definitely speak more about him. Well, please play this for him. This wall, this whole interview. I thought you were going to cut to like a song. I was like, oh, what no. song did he choose? Oh, no, no, no. What this, song did he choose no, for Austin? This podcast. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I named Austin after Blake Shelton's song. Um, do you know that song? I can't sing, so excuse me, but it's like, if this is Austin, I still love you. It's I don't an old know Blake that Shelton one. song. But I named my son after that song. Or not Austin, Texas, where there's also a lot of country? There's a little country a there, little but country no, there. it's Blake Shelton's song. And what do you do now? You'll go from here to CBS to see what's going on for the rest yeah, of the day? I have a long long day with my commute and stuff now. So I work at nine to six. Um, But yeah, today, actually, I'm already assigned. I'm going to Radio City Music Hall to cover the Garden of Dreams Foundation at MSG. Oh, nice. How they do that, you know, for the special needs children. And they put on this talent show. So that's uh, today's story. We're going to tape that. Then they have their big talent show, I guess, in two weeks. And they have the prom. So it's a a great foundation that they do. So we'll cover that. And uh, how's social media for you? Are people nice to you on Twitter? I feel like people are mean to women on Twitter. Oh, sometimes they're mean. Um, They're mean to men. Too. Yeah, people they're are mean, mean everywhere. Oh, they're, they're, they're really mean. the worst. Like I did a live FaceTime thing the other day of getting a facial, and some <laughs> what did some guy say to me? It was mean, and I said, "Okay." I'm like, "Yeah, hi, douchebag Joe." Like I just call it out. It is what it is. You can say whatever you want, but right. it's yeah, they're they're like bullies. Everyone's getting bullied behind like the social media, and they feel so strong. And say it to me, say it to my face. And you have a solid following on uh, Instagram. I saw. Instagram's not bad. I, it could be better, but. Facebook is where I well, reign. I'm like 48,000 fans. Really? Al, I'm very popular. Oh, man. When you put joking. this When you put this link up on uh, Facebook, my podcast yeah. is going to go through the roof. Well, we, I impressive. didn't tell you, but we have to do a live FaceTime right after this. Oh, live FaceTime? So oh, I'm right. going to do a quick interview with you. Okay, perfect. So fix your makeup. I'll give you some yeah, powder. Not, yeah, I don't really do any makeup or powder. You look good. Don't worry. It'll be fine. All right, Jill, thank you for coming on. I never know how to end these things, so they just kind of like, I'll go, thank you. You then should play go, a song. Like, you, honestly, you know, uh, we're you not allowed. I don't think we have license for those things. Well, well, they have know. like just generic production music that uh, they put behind this. Where's your guitar? I could have brought my guitar. We could have made some music together. I don't, uh, I attempted guitar lessons a number of times in my life. It just, my fingers don't. Neither do mine. I just said music. Doesn't have to be good music. Oh, okay. But for next time, all right, I'll play guitar. Okay, play something. All right, Jill. Thank you. See you soon. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you.